This is Big Talk, Michael Glab here. My co-host, Alex Ashkin, recently conducted an on-site interview with Wally Udrago, co-proprietor with Tracy Gates of the new Inkwell Coffee House location on Woodlawn Avenue. We're going to ask you, the listener, to put a little effort into this edition. There'll be lots of background noise, and Wally himself, an immigrant from Burkina Faso, has been speaking English for fewer than 10 years. So please, listen hard and carefully. Wally's a successful business person and a cherished member of the Bloomington community. So, Alex, take it away. Welcome, listeners. I am your guest host, Alex Ashkin, and I am joined here today with the wonderful entrepreneur, Wally Wadrago. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Wally, you're one of my favorite people here in Bloomington and absolutely one of my favorite people to see early in the morning like today because you are one of the co-owners of Inkwell Bloomington and the man behind the new Inkwell location here on Woodlawn. Yes, right, Alex. Thank you. Same here, too. It means a lot for me to get to see you because I've been seeing you a long time ago in the mornings, yep. making coffee and chatting with you. That's right. His smile will brighten up your morning every single day. <laughs> so you've <laughs> been you, Alex, here yeah. in Bloomington for about uh, going on six years now? Yes, I think going five, six years now. You're now a business owner. You've been getting a lot of news. Uh, there's been a feature of you recently in Bloom Magazine for their October and November issue. Right. Indianapolis Monthly had a feature on you and what they said was one of the best pour overs here in Indiana. You've been getting a lot of attention recently. Did you expect even within like starting this project here with your business co-owner Tracy Gates that you would be you know getting all this attention we did not we I consider myself like a local in Bloomington because I know a lot of people people know me but uh really I wasn't expecting something like that from like you know the article on Bloom magazine once again thank you to Bloom magazine for uh, this wonderful article and and it was really great people a lot of people who really didn't know me and see me was able to really kind of like get to know me a little bit you know my full name what I do, you know, and that was a wonderful article. And then on the Indie Monthly was wonderful and I got restart and, you know, that been attracting a lot of people from Indie who comes in to want to see the place and want to say hi and want to just check it out. And I wasn't expecting that, but I'm so grateful for people who, you know, read those magazines and really interesting and want to come see it. So it's, it's, um, Bless you for all this attraction, but yeah. One of the other things that makes this cafe a little notable is its location. It is here at the corner of Atwater and Woodlawn, here right on the edge of the IU campus. And for those in the know, this was famously known as the Jared Subway, um, <laughs> former and now disgraced uh, Subway spokesman Jared Fogel lived right in this area and there was a subway and 
We're helping uh, bring new good memories to the neighborhood, to Elm Heights, to the campus by having, you know, the Inkwell on Woodlawn. And I want to say first and foremost, as a big fan of Wally, that I want to unofficially name this place Wally's on Woodlawn. <laughs> so uh, Tracy, if you're out there, just let me know if you're good with that. Because <laughs> we'll start calling that right away. <laughs> what do you think, Wally? <laughs> no, no, Alex, thank you for bringing that up. You know, and you know, like just the name, just to say something quickly in the name. Tracy, I have a good friend named Alan and Alan always say we should call the place Inkwali. Wally. <laughs> I like it. I like so, it. So, like, I like the Wally, you know. So, Tracy, Tracy, I agree too. But, you know, that's what makes it good. And yes, um, this subway is really, you know, like you said, used to be a Jared subway and the neighborhood, Elm High neighborhood. A lot of people was really super happy to see, like, was some local business owner, like, woman and black owned, you know, who joined the side to, like, take over this place and change it and remodel it. At least, you know, change, you know kick the name Jared out away from the neighborhood and then bring something like the Inkwell, who's just like more fun place. Like Alex said, we, you know, it's like a meetup place for a lot of the neighborhood, you know, folks now is just coming in, checking the new Inkwell. And, you know, so I'm, we, 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 we want to really make the place something else than it, what it used to be. Uh, as a big fan of coffee and breakfast foods, there is few places I'd rather be than the Inkwell. So let's get a little bit more into Wally. Mm -hmm. um, you're actually an immigrant. Uh, for those who are trying to sort of pin down Wally's accent, you're right. actually originally <laughs> from Ouagadougou in Burkina Faso. That's correct. So that is uh, sort of West Africa, French West Africa. Right. You immigrated to America almost about 10 years ago now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, the, thank you, Alex, for saying the name Ouagadougou. So, right. So, Ouagadougou is the capital of Burkina Faso. And the country name used to be called Ope Volta for, like, the older folks who follow the East. So, it used to be called Ope Volta, but the French Revolution. And then the name changed to Burkina Faso with, like, more deep, meaningful, uh, with the native language of Ismore. So, yes, I'm, I'm an immigrant. I'm moving uh, to the States. My goal was to go to school in Florida, in Gainesville, Florida, with a accounting degree, management accounting, and you know, with not understanding the reality of the Western country. I just was lucky to apply and then get accepted to Florida University, and then you know, wanted to leave the country and find new ways. So I landed in New York City, and you know, that's where my immigration, my, my my immigration started, you know, and to like get hit by the reality of the the state and you know, yeah wakadugu is still a pretty big city you know yes. there's about two million people that's right you moved to brooklyn yes new york city is huge that's correct. uh <laughs> do you think like even before you came to america or when you first arrived that you would end up in a small midwestern city like bloomington here <laughs> <laughs> oh yes alex yeah thanks for that and to be honest not really because like in new york yeah and i left Burkina faso and landing in new york was just totally different but leaving new york usually you don't see a lot of new york or people from brooklyn a big city just going to midwest or like small town when they travel they want to go to like la las vegas you know mm -hmm. go to paris or go back to like you know so 
I have to be honest, I never. I, <laughs> until, until I met my wife, I don't think I ever even heard the name Indiana or Bloomington when I was living in New York. You know, I, was, I don't know, to be honest. But I wasn't, no, I was not. And so my wife was the reason why I landed up in Bloomington. Do you think it was a harder adjustment moving from Wagadugu and coming to New York or going from New York City to Bloomington? <laughs> no, I think, honestly, it's just moving from Burkina Faso, from Wagadugu to New York City was was a little bit harder because I landed in a state with not speaking the language, you know, yeah. and I was already on my 20, 23, 24. And so it was so hard for someone who was already like kind of certain age and trying to communicate with people, you know, mm -hmm. trying to interact and you feel like you're like, you're like a baby, you can't even talk, but yeah. like you, you feel like I understand what's going on, like, you know, so that was a little bit harder, it was a lot of culture shock, you know. But moving from New York to Bloomington was a little bit different because I was already like understanding the mm -hmm. way of living in the state, finding myself, yeah. you know, where is the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> know where to place my orders, you know, knowing how to order food, know how to eat, know how to navigate. And, you know, it was a little smaller, but uh, moving to Wagadugu to New York was a little bit, a little bit harder than. I, I can't imagine jumping in feet first like right. into a totally new culture i've yeah. spent a little bit of time abroad but have always been a little lucky to at least have some a group or a guide somewhere and so learning the language must have been really tough like was there anything that like musical artists movies oh, yeah. books anything that like you kind of latched onto was like yeah this is helping like i like this it's gonna help me learn like and just sort of went to that again and again just no right. absolutely music was such a big deal too you know like and then moving to the state where you have a wi-fi you have internet yeah you know so you could google things you could like translate it and then like music you sit at home listen to music over and over trying to find the lyrics mm -hmm. and then translate the lyrics so i think a lot of them was music and movies you know a lot of movies you watch before in, like in french language and mm -hmm. you're trying to find them again in english with mm -hmm. the subtitle you know, have this title on the bottom. And then you gotta, you gotta like, it was a learning process, you know, it's not like when you're a kid, mm -hmm. when you're a little kid, it's like your brain is like a sponge. Yeah. You know, it's just like soaking, you know, like I learned so many languages when I was little because I travel and then you learn quicker. But mm -hmm. when you're like 20 some, you're like, I'm gonna pay rent, I'm gonna survive in this. <laughs> and then on top of that, you gotta learn a language. So you have to really rethink differently. So music and TV was a was a good and books too. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't have a lot of names right now, but it was like decent book. Brooklyn had like different kind of like institution. You could go and pick up a book. You could mm -hmm. go in. So uh, I did not stay at home. Try. I was always trying to. I'm a kind of like outgoing guy. Always trying to go places, sit yeah. down in a place, listen to people talk, watch the lips. You know, and it sucks now. We can't look at people's lips anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that, those are the things that helped me up learn the language. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always known you as an incredibly uh, outgoing person. I think the first time we got to talking was, geez, I think we first started talking about like English Premier League soccer. That's because, uh, I think we were, we first bonded over the amazing play of Didier Drogba. Absolutely. The, the oh. famed West African striker. The number 11 of Chelsea. Yeah. Didier Drogba from Marseille. Yes, Alex, you're right. 
Yeah, and so, you know, having those touchstones, music, sports, yeah. all yeah. that, really important. And I think it's sort of interesting, too, you meet, mentioned, like, it's different when you're a kid, you kind of absorb all that stuff naturally. Yeah. And actually, you had a son over the pandemic That's back right. in uh, September of 2020. You and your wife, Renee, welcomed your son, Damien. That's right. Into the world. Yeah. And now he's about... 14 months old 15 months yeah, yeah. and so is he uh growing up both learning a bit of french and english or yeah that's true alex thank you for mentioning uh, yeah we welcome a son damien damien with his middle name malik damien malik with rago and september 26 uh this 26 september of 2020 and now it's 15 months yeah damien was because my wife renee you know she's from bloomington but she she did the Peace Corps, mm -hmm. so she spent time in Africa, in West Africa specifically. She spent time in Senegal. Okay. You know, she spent time in Senegal, and she lived in this small town called Faraba. So they speak a language called um, Mandenka. Mm -hmm. So, um, so speaking of you know, Damien, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go back because like Africa, we speak multiple different languages. Of you know, like French for me is a later language. And mm -hmm. when I went to school, when I'm like seven years old six years old that's when you start learning language but like i was i speak maori 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 is my native language it's uh, mm -hmm. my ethnicity is called mosi yeah okay. so but we speak multiple like i speak bambara was a you know west african language like a trade language it's like yeah. traveling language so my wife renee speak a language called manenke that's a different dialect of the bambara Okay. You know, that we both kind of like a little fluent in there. Mm -hmm. And then the friends also. So with Damien, we, like myself, I wanted to speak my native language, who is Maori. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a little bit harder because language, you need somebody else to speak. Yeah. If I'm speaking with somebody else, so you could understand, you know. Mm -hmm. But I do try it when I'm French. We're going to try it because Renee and I, we speak French around the house when we can. You know, French, if we can, yeah. get them. But like I want him to learn more of a couple of different African languages so he could be able to like relate a little bit, you know. And you were actually able to travel back to Burkina Faso That's last right. year and visit some family. Right. How was the reunion and like how did they take the news that like you're getting established here in a place that I'm sure no one in Burkina Faso <laughs> was aware of? <laughs> yes. When we went back home, I took my wife Renee with me. Mm -hmm. And then just to be honest with you, so many kids who never really like seen a white person yeah. in my neighborhood. It's not like it's a city, but like it's uh, it's different. It's yeah. not, you know, it's just like even like me coming back, you know, it was a lot of culture shock for them. It's like, yeah. you know, when I left, I didn't have dreadlocks, you know, I came back with the long hair, I came back with the white girl, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and, you know, like, it was a wonderful renew because it took me a while. And, you know, like you mentioned, being an immigrant, it's not like you can come in and go as you want, yeah. you know, so I had to, like, take a while until I become a permanent resident, you know, you got to mm -hmm. do all the green card and all that. So it took me a Took me eight years. I didn't see my family. The last time I saw my family was eight years wow. before I went back home to see my mom, my little brother, my siblings, and you know, coming back and married man. So it was it was good. I was able to being able to went back over there with my wife specifically. That was, that was something else, you know, for her to be able to connect with my culture and mm -hmm. see where I came from, see back home how, you know, what it looked like and. That was right before COVID. So that was a good time to be able to travel. <laughs> before so, the world got well, turned upside that, down. That's right. That's right. So 
when you were in Brooklyn, this is sort of like when you started to sort of fall into the whole food service industry, right. working in restaurants, right. a lot of cafes. Yeah. You worked in places like Brooklyn Choice Market, yes. Devotion yes. Coffee, York Coffee, all yes. these different places. Yeah. And I think it was in the Bloom Magazine article, they mentioned you you've kind of fell in love with it because you could kind of help start people's day in a good way, you know, get them smiling, have a good experience. Is it just that like uh, outgoing nature of you that you like seeing people just sort of smiling in a better mood? Why does that appeal to you more than perhaps being a bartender? I know you uh, worked over at Michael's Uptown Cafe for a bit as a bartender. Now, Michael Cafe, I I was not a bartender. I was a manager. Manager, excuse me. Yes, so... um, you're right, like, you know, being an immigrant, when you came to the state, you know, back of the house, Yeah. a lot of the immigrants start from the back of the house, mm-hmm. dishwasher, you do all the thing, you know, like a lot of immigrants, you always wanted to be in front of a house, too, yeah. you know, but like, you just gotta work your way, you gotta speak the language, you gotta know what to do to be a cashier. So for me, oh, like I work in the, like you said, the food industry from like dishwasher delivery to like bar back to, you know, the, like all, a lot of aspects until, becoming but like the coffee like you say coffee always been like a one thing uh the coffee shop vibes was something that i really liked about mm-hmm. it. you know like bars bars is great like new york city bars like nighttime the happy hours in new york city yeah. it's a lot of drinking so it's a drink you know like yeah. but like the coffee was different just like a different culture mm-hmm. you know just like you said that you know making pour over while talking to the guy you never met before yeah i said day where you came from and that was one thing I like about Brooklyn because I was the coffee shop that I really devotion was in Williamsburg. So mm-hmm. Williamsburg neighborhood was just a lot of, you know, APs, if you want to call it. It's like a lot of traveling, young kids like yeah. all brought, you know, the the travel Australians who come, you know, people with different kind of like, you know, they like certain way of coffee. And then you get to talk to them, like, you know, hey, how you doing? What's your name? And then, you know, that part of, you know, getting to know people mm-hmm. and while just drinking coffee or smelling this coffee. And then the coffee shop, just getting to know somebody's name. Like as a bartender, you usually you don't need to know somebody's name. Yeah. You know, but like as a coffee shop, I think, you know, know somebody's name, bid the regular, say, hi, good morning, Alex. How you doing today? You know, and so that was one thing I really liked about coffee. And going back, it's just, I like drinking coffee. <laughs> you <laughs> I, know. I, I got to agree with that. You know, I love know. drinking coffee. And, you know, and then I always thought about like, even if I want to go to business, I want to like do coffee. Probably mm-hmm. it's like, not the easiest, but like with alcohol, you're gonna need a license, you're gonna mm-hmm. need to follow certain, you know. But with the coffee shop, I always think, you know, something I might be able to do it. Yeah, know? and everyone needs coffee. Everyone you know? needs coffee, and then, you know. <laughs> coffee shops just appeal to me too. Whenever I travel, that's yeah. one of the first things right. I do is to look up the different coffee places. And if it wasn't for coffee shops like, uh, hopscotch yeah. inkwell soma here in bloomington i would even be uh doing this show with big mike so shout outs to the bloomington coffee scene <laughs> shout out to the bloomington coffee she shout out to like you know need more coffee you know plenty more you know like bloomington you know it's like like you say bloomington's a lot of women you know coffee shops owner who's yeah. really care about the scene and you know like they want to build community they want to build community you know what i mean so that's one thing i really fall in love about Blo- uh, Bloomington, like, you know, like you say, mentioning about Bloomington, you know, for me, I came to Bloomington when I, we expected to come in here for like two and a half years and leave. Yeah. 
you know, it's not like us, like, all right, uh, I was leaving in New York City. I want to just pack my stuff and go to the Midwest. That was not it because, like, you know, came here because my wife wanted to go to grad school and that took me to stay here because, and then I'd seen Bloomington have something to grow on the coffee part of it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's still kind of like a, it's a work in progress, you know, like five years ago, five years ago, 10, you know, let's say 10, 15 years ago, the coffee scene was not like what it is right now. Oh yeah. You know, and even in New York, I've seen it change a lot, you know, to the crafting, to like doing the third way cup of coffee. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So like Bloomington have that too. That really was so appealing to me that I was like, you know, I want to do the coffee thing here in Bloomington. Folks like Jane, another great business owner here in Bloomington. Uh, she was one of my first guests here on Big Talk, and she helped work with folks like yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's folks up in Indianapolis like Steve Garcia, yeah. uh, wonderful guy. Great barista. Shout out to Steve Garcia, man. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And they, they help nurture things like... Uh, organizing stuff for the Indiana League of Lattes. Not and, have. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of stuff did not exist 10 years ago. That that was not a thing. And so I'm glad that particularly a place like Bloomington, because Indy, whether we like it or not, that is a big city right. at the end of the day. There's a million folks out there. Yeah. Little Bloomington, you know, we're making a name for ourselves. Back to your shop. Yeah. The shop is still very new. The one thing that has been pretty consistent about the Inkwell locations is how clean it is. Um, You guys really have a very specific specific aesthetic. You can kind of get a sense of particularly Tracy's personality, especially in the original location. You can tell, you know, coffee, food, feminism, cycling, those are the things that really matter a lot to Tracy. This being kind of inkwali, um, what are you think you might make some additional little decorations, additions to kind of put your own little unique spin on the space? Absolutely, Alex, you're right. Though. Like you know, like you say, so thank you for mentioning how beautiful, clean is the place because <laughs> we really like. So uh, even you see, it's still empty. You know, like it's clean. It's the wall is still all white. Nothing's in there because I really, I've been like you say, we. I'm trying to, I'm still trying, I'm looking for like what kind of hardware fitting and, you know, being nearby like the school, the apartment school, uh, this building being like a little bit well known by the town. It just, you know, have some story behind it. And, you know, like myself being an immigrant, being from West African and, you know, like in so many different cultures, like in, like a lot of, you know, a lot of colors, you know. So I'm still, right. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put my touch on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my touch on it. And the reason why, you know, it's still not a lot going on here is that I'm, I'm trying to find something. I'm yeah. still, you know, I think art with me is just like I'm looking for the right fit sometimes. I think that's. Yeah, it has to inspire you. I have to inspire me. And then I have ideas, but definitely it's going to be a little colorful. We're going to have something that you could feel like, you know, you know, you got a little bit of Wally in this room when I walk in, you know, there's um, some Wally going on. When you walk in with the energy, everybody's different, but like, the walls and I want them to be talking about 
<laughs> coffee, talking about like you know some devotion, some you know something yeah, that you know like yeah. I'm, but definitely, I'm gonna put something. I'm gonna make it nicer. So one of the first pieces that went up here is actually an interesting little uh, poster, just very it, and it's I believe originally a French design, but all these different sizes sort of bikes and uh tandem bikes uh various cycling yeah. sort of things and one thing that i only learned recently was that you're actually a pretty enthusiastic cyclist absolutely <laughs> i've known this about tracy for absolutely. years but now knowing that you guys share this yeah gave you another thing that's like okay i think that's why they started getting along so well you know you yes. can keep up with her on a bike ride she, she'll like you real fast <laughs> I think I think Tracy really liked me more when she find out I like bike and then she showed me riding a moped with Sam. Oh, Amazing yeah. shit. So we got a lot in common with bicycle, like you say. Uh I love blooming that's what I love about Bloomington. So many like uh, bike lands, you know, bike racks and 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 we 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 love we love bikes and I do the full moon ride here with Jeff Miss. We I love being around bike and New York we me and my wife I would bike from Brooklyn to Harlem. You oh, know, <laughs> I, I bike the whole city. I love biking, and you know, definitely wear the helmet. But we, me and Tracy, we Tracy have about like six, seven bikes in the garage. Yeah, you know, I have, I have I lost a couple of bikes, but I have like three bikes. Uh, yeah, we love bikes. Yeah, and then and mopeds. One thing that I know you've mentioned to me personally is an interest in trying to get some more uh, Indian Indiana-based coffee events down here in Bloomington. You've specifically mentioned the Indiana League of Lattes, right. hoping to get a latte art competition down here in Bloomington again. Why do you think that like Bloomington can be sort of a good extension of the Indianapolis coffee scene and sort of help promote coffee-based businesses here in the Midwest? That's a great question. But I think that starts with us as owners too. You know, like you say, like like mentioned leagues, it's just like, mostly it's just like the baristas, you know, like the barista gets together. Mostly, I think, but the owners of the coffee shop need to get together, yeah. you know, but like even in New York, we did a lot of leagues. Like when I, one thing I like you mentioned, Steve Garcia, my first three months when I moved to Bloomington here and I met Steve Garcia, we drove down to, oh, it's a small town here in Bloomington. It's like, oh, Columbus, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So it's right here. I think it's 45 minutes, 20, you yep. know. So we drove down, we went to this coffee shop. I don't even remember. It was Latte Art Yeah. Me, Steve, and uh, Julian, you know, was three of us. We drove down here and then go do Latte Art Rodin. We signed a name, yeah. you know, and, you know, but the barista. And then so it, it's like indie does all the time. So, like, I think Bloomington, we need to do more of this because small coffee shop growing, like the Inkwell. We started Inkwell four years ago right now. Yeah. So it's two Inkwell. You know, Upscot used to be one. It's two Upscot, you know, and mm-hmm. we got Need More Coffee. We got, you know, Soma. We have Cramble, yeah. you know, plenty more. So, like, if we join each other, we could do a lot of leaks here. Yeah. We could, I, if someone from uh, Columbus, Indiana, we was able to drive here to go to Indy and do Latte Art Rodin. We done yeah. that. So we could get people from Indy to come here in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And see our coffee shops, see our machines, you know, see how we do things. And then... Uh, and I think Bloomington is up. We we gonna do it. You yeah. know, I think we as a coffee owners, uh, baristas, you know, we're gonna reach out to each other. And and it's such a wonderful thing when we do those leagues. You know, it's just like you know we join each other and then just seeing we got the best pour. You know, we yeah. got the you know and we get to connect. You know, oh, I work at this coffee shop. I work at this coffee shop. Come see me out. You know, 
So that's what makes a community. Why, Wadrago? Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining me on WFHB, folks. Meet this wonderful man. Check out the new business and make sure you know <laughs> you'll leave with a smile on your face. <laughs> Thank you so much, and Thank I you. hope you have a great day. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. Thank you to WFHB. Thank you.